The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. No my hooky my and welcome to what exactly? Well, this is actually a crossover episode. Uh, it's it's my my two podcasts in one. Uh, when I say my my podcast, the fold is mine. The real pod, I'm just a a humble foot soldier in Jane's army on. But uh, what we're going to do here is bring the energy and, and enthusiasm of the real pod to the media analysis beat of the fold podcast and put them in both streams and just have some fun with it. I'm literally monopoding right now which which regular listeners of the fold will know is just me talking with no guests and uh no conscience for for however long just waiting for jane to get on the, the line but um this morning she and i watched an embargoed stream of the discovery upfronts upfronts uh i i'd never heard of them before i got sort of deep into the guts of the media beast but since I've got in here, they've become kind of an obsession of mine. They're basically a thing that, that mainly just TV networks do, but some other media companies, particularly in, in bigger countries. And it's where you get all of your advertisers in a room and you know other media and, and various partners, but mainly it is about the advertisers and the media agencies. And you introduce with a lot of... Uh, energy and uh, excitement all of your your shows and your your big sort of talking points for the next year in the old days we would do them in person uh, we'd be you know I think the first one I went to was like TVNZ and it was at the uh, the Civic Sam Wallace came up through the stage and it was just like the, it was one of the craziest things I would have seen I was like what is this and that probably hooked me on them here's jane anyway uh this year the both the upfronts are online because of delta but the upside of that is we can watch them and they're literally screening right now we had the embargoed version but uh jane's seen it as well and i'm going to welcome her to this podcast she's just like literally appeared in my zoom uh we're we're live jane kelda how are you hi i'm good this is crazy um yeah, I, I only managed to watch 15 minutes of the upfront, to be fair, because uh, I didn't know I was going to be doing this, and there was, like, children and there other children? work stuff. I know, I know. It's all uh, good. I, I watched every second. I've read Chris Schultz's uh, recap of it. I've read the press release. I feel extremely primed and ready to go. I should say I'm recording this 
about 11.15. The, the upfronts are actually recording, uh, are actually playing out online right now, but we had the embargoed copy. Later on this afternoon, I'll be interviewing Glenn Kine, the CEO of Discovery. It's, it's a big day. I was just explaining before you came on just how excited I get about this stuff and, and how much you learn about where a uh, uh, channels going and, and Discovery only bought three like less than a year ago. So this is the first time they've had we've seen the impact of that new ownership on them. Yeah, I was assuming it was just going to be a lot of sharks. To be yeah, fair, yeah, a lot of sharks uh, and digging stuff out of the ground. And I think there will be by the looks of things, but there's a, a lot more besides. Yeah. So what what leapt out of it for you? What 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 are you, the big things that you're excited about with with your real pod hat, which is as, as we know, like a, a sort of got a small brim and then a very long tail. Yes, I know. It's it's kind of a weird thing because I feel like um, real pod listeners will be uh, they're used to your sort of highbrow mumblings about media stuff, but I'm I'm concerned about your very esteemed fold listeners um, hearing me come at it from a real pod point of view, <laughs> and some of that you know perhaps more janky lowbrow stuff that uh, I really do enjoy. Um, but look. It is what it is, and there is this is an ecosystem in which both exist. I am excited about two things. One, lots of reality television, obviously, but two, the uh, increase of local content by 70%, I think, was the figure. That, that's one of those numbers where you're like, what's that sort of in, in relation to and what's included in that number? Like, For example, there's like a, a news hub at 8pm bulletin on this new channel, Gusto, which I, I want to talk about with you as well, and uh, which is a lot of content, you know, because there's you know, going to be like 365 or something of those a year. But so, so it's always hard to pass that. But things like the return of MasterChef for the first time in seven years, that does feel like yeah. an event. Yeah, I'm really excited by um, Sort My House, uh, which is a new program that's going to be coming out helping people declutter their homes. I really love the idea of that as well. Yeah, yeah. So I guess like a local version of, of um, the, the kind of hoarder type show. Um, and also this amazing adventure kind of like uh, Amazing Race New Zealand version, but it's it's... It's like sounds like an amazing race, but um, in the cloak of darkness, someone's you, you're being tracked by people. Tra and I'm so <laughs> obsessed with trackers, <laughs> and you've got to get to the helipad before uh, the trackers track you down or something. And they're going to get international contestants come to New Zealand, right? So I'm wondering if this is something they're hoping to sell internationally as well. I feel like this, they don't even have to sell it. They've just got the giant just distribution uh, networks there. And this is exactly kind of what the the business case, sorry to get all fold on it, um, for buying three was for Discovery is that they can make a primetime show here that is set in, in New Zealand, but it, they've got just this giant network that they can uh, can play it out through. The other thing which I think is extremely relevant uh, for, for RealPod listeners is the block redemption, which I'm just yes. out of my mind about. We've been waiting for this for such a long time. And there was talk a while ago of a block all-stars, but then that never happened. Uh, so this is basically that, except for there'll be no winners on board. It's people who, previous contestants who didn't win, who are coming back uh, to have another crack. At the, at the profits. And I think that's what the franchise needed at this point. It's 10 years in. It clearly makes them a, a shitload of money. It's it's iconic whether you love it or, or hate it, but it just was getting a little bit sort of samey. And I think having return characters with their their associated backstories and our familiarity with them is, is absolutely what it needs. Yeah, and you'd like to think that the standard will be pretty high, right? Because these people have all been through it before, so they can draw from their experience. I'm excited about that. 
I mean, Dancing with the Stars carries on. The Masked Singer is returning. They're not as talkable uh, for us. We'll probably still watch them, unfortunately. We'll probably still watch them. Um, what I am curious about, though, is um, why why Head High wasn't recommissioned. Can you talk to Will you talk to Glenn about that when you speak to him? Oh yeah, I will. Talk, I will talk to him about Head High. Actually, I mean, the the thing that's interesting about it is that there was almost no mention of uh, drama or comedy the whole yeah. way through. I mean, they're, they're bringing back Seven Days, putting in a new time slot. That's fine. Seven Days is kind of is part comedy, part sort of quiz show. So, you know, it's already a bit of a genre straddling thing. But, you know, what I wonder about is the the October deadline. This is, again, we're going to get into the weeds here. but No, the, no, go for it. The, the New Zealand's drama, the likes of Head High, is funded in, in particular rounds. And the the... The, t- the date at which you are told whether you are or are not successful with those funding applications has been sort of slipping later into the year. The, and the, the next round comes out on December the 1st. So we don't hmm. know. There may well be that three have gone in for a bunch of drama and comedy and it's just too late in the year to, to have your upfronts. Um, but, but certainly even, even if you absent um, that and, and assume that they will have, have uh, some drama or comedy slate, you could still very much detect the, the change of emphasis, right? Like mm. this mm-hmm. is very much discovery front and center and discovery's values, you know, uh, the kinds of shows that they're about. Like, because there were no, you know, normally at these things, there's like some fancy new drama from the maker. It's like NCI, NCIS Wisconsin or something. Mm, you know, there's, mm, there's a whole mm. American slate. The slate was just all wall to wall reality and, and factual yeah. this time around. If you were at TVNZ, how would you be feeling with the announcement today? I was thinking about that. I feel like TVNZ would would like the fact that there was no comedy and drama. They would find the product differentiation that that it implies, like a lot of um, big overseas kind of adventure reality. Even Gusto, this this new channel that they've launched, which we'll talk about in a second, it doesn't really feel like a much of a threat to them. So much of it is mm. as a, a shoring up of that core mm. three audience. But the thing that I guess will give them pause is that they did talk about a big investment into three now, that like an increase in the volume of content. Glenn, right at the very end, talks about the Warner Warner Media merger, which is Warner is a much bigger company again than Dis- Discovery. It's much stronger on drama. It, it owns HBO. It owns Warner Brothers, who make most of TV and Z's mm-hmm. reality shows. If that goes through, this whole thing will be shaken up again, and and mm. we will kind of get to see that. So, TVNZ will be sort of on one level. The immediate concern is is kind of quelled, and even like the AM show rebranding as AM with Ryan Bridge and Melissa um, uh, Chan Green. That's yeah, you know, I actually think that's that's a good refresh for them. They've got a lovely new set, which I think is probably better than either Breakfasts or the current AM show. Mm-hmm. doesn't have the star power. It doesn't feel like it's competing hard with breakfast. They'll probably be breathing sighs of relief on that front. Yeah, I think that it's uh, interesting. I know one thing I did pick up on um, in the in the 15 minutes that I saw was there was this chat about like this great linear TV offering, which to me <laughs> seems bizarre. I mean, obviously they're going to be uh, putting a lot of effort into 3 now, which desperately needs it. That's the one thing I think TVNZ probably should be worried about, but they do feel like they've got such a good foothold with on-demand. Um, 
that, you know, three now will really have to pick up the pace to, to even try and compete. But why are we even really thinking about linear TV still? I think because it remains, I mean, the fun, fundamentally free-to-air television sta- stations are advertising sales machines, right? And mm-hmm. the the digital advertising space is just so totally dominated by Facebook and, and Google slash YouTube that it's not even... You know, it, it's it's kind of yeah. D- digital digital is really hard work. Uh, <laughs> well, there's a reason why my, I have a very grey afro um, <laughs> right now. Um, it's it's because it's hard work. But uh, linear television is still got, even though the audience has shrunk. And I think that Gusto's targeting of a forty to fifty four audience was a an admission that people under forty don't really watch linear anymore. Over forty's got heaps of money, and mm-hmm. they still watch television not as much as they used to but they still watch a lot of it and and advertising to those audience still a very lucrative business i'm i am excited to see how three now is going to play out because when i think about my watching habits like i have uh, both the three now app and the tvnz on demand app on my tv the three now app is i only go to if there's something specific i want to watch whereas TVNZ on demand, I treat more like your Netflix or your Neon, where I will browse. So I think they they've got to get up to that standard, right? Yeah, and I think that they've got a shot at that. They're talking about, I think they, they said sort of forty percent more more content on there. The other thing they've got is, is Heartbreak Island as an exclusive, and Heartbreak Island's like a funny old show, right? It's uh, on some level, it was clearly made as a a sort of a rip off of slash tribute to Love Island, which. Three briefly had the rights to a local version of, and then TVNZ had the rights, so no one seems to know how to make that. But Heartbreak Island, they claim to be an international hit, and I, mm. I can kind of imagine it. Um, you know, potentially, it was quite a watchable show. It definitely doesn't have the same sort of heart attack excitement as if they had announced a local version of Love Island. But you know, we've seen that there was this feeling that there was just like a glut of those type of reality shows and we'd run out of participants for them. But I think that New Zealand is just making enough sort of post-Instagram, um, post-TikTok, like young people now that we can keep filling those shows. So that's that's another thing to keep an eye out for. And the fact that they've made an exclusive for three now feels telling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it is, it's, it's quite exciting. I feel like they also have, it feels like they've lined up their ducks well at a time where people are scrambling and you can get away with quite a lot of uh, last minute change and flapping about because of COVID. It does seem to me they have a very clear plan. Yeah. Um, but I am not a media commentating expert. So what do you think? Uh, I think it was a, it was a pretty strong upfront uh, to, to be honest, but we'll, we'll come back and talk about it more after this break. No, look, I thought it was a, I thought it was a really strong upfront. These things are really difficult. There was like socially distanced host announcements. Some of it was a bit wooden. Patrick Gow is very good at these things. He was super funny on it. Uh, you definitely got a sense that there is a bit of a hole. The fact that MediaWorks, you know, which was well, which three was formerly a part of, has over the past like month basically raided the cupboard of a lot of their sort of top draw news talent Tover O'Brien, Duncan Garner and Lloyd mm. Burr who was the sort of heir apparent to uh, to Tover's position uh, as political editor have all gone to MediaWorks uh, to, to be part of the new whatever magic talk is going to become and while they've got Ryan Bridge moved up in, in the AM show slot and and 
that whole scene is kind of coming together, there's still a bit of a sense of like, who is that next political editor going to be? Because that person, you know, because of Paddy Gower, Duncan Garner, and, and now Tova, they've always been an iconic figure. They've, mm. they've got some really, really great talent in the gallery down there. So it wouldn't surprise me if Jenna Lynch or some, um, were to step on, up into it. But it is, she hasn't yet been introduced nationally in the same way that Tova was. And so that mm. was a bit of a void, I felt. Yeah, it's going to be interesting as well to see how uh, what opportunities open up with them not having that relationship with MediaWorks anymore. So previously everything was very tied. <laughs> I got my reality hat on of like having, you know, MediaWorks personalities, RadioWorks personalities um, on the on the shows, the reality shows. But now, now what? That's the world's their oyster. And have anyone, right? Know, Except it's, for it's, anyone from TVNZ. <laughs> well, you know, honestly, who knows? Like that that's the kind of... The, the thing that's starting to open up here is that the three was the natural enemy of the Herald. Like the Herald just beat mm-hmm. up on it and it was like a known thing because the Herald owners, NZME, also owned uh, all of the competing ra- radio stations to MediaWorks. They don't have that same competition now. So the, the, the chance for more collaboration there is, is very real. I guess the, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not all that much more to say about it. Oh, let's talk about Gusto. What, what did we you... have to talk about Gusto and Rush. Yeah, you I want to talk me about... through it. Okay, so Gusto is, like I say, it's this kind of narrowly targeted 40 to 54 channel. They, they That's sense... us. They, that is us. And I looked at their <laughs> lineup and I was like, it's, uh, they, they said it's, it's, it's British drama, game shows, movies, and news, and I was like, "That's TV from the '90s. That's the TV yeah. forty to fifty-four-year-olds grew up with." And I just like oh, that's quite a smart play putting that thing together. I'd argue they could top their they could top out their demo much higher. Like my mum, who is in her seventies, she will be. This is going to be her channel of choice. I can feel it already. Well, they'll, they'll be banking on that on some level, but the the the, the problem is the advertisers basically view at, at 55 they imagine that you are set in your ways that you will never you will never deviate from your current spending habits so they, they're just not as attractive but they'll be quietly hoping that they will sort of bulk out um there and it, it yeah has the potential to become a bit of a you know it, it might nip at the heels of tv and z1 and in certain places the same way that prime has a few shows that just sort of unexpectedly rate really really well um mm-hmm. rush I don't know exactly what Rush is. It's like adrenaline, cars, chicks. It's just. I, it feels like Rush is, it's it's what, like Duke, you know? It's yeah, it's, the, it's, it's, it's a Duke battler for sure. It also feels like maybe a bit of a dumping ground, you know, for a bunch of the stuff that they just have all the rights to. Because Discovery's got a lot of outdoorsy stuff. Yeah, that's sharks, very true. You know, that's, that's good analysis. Should, she should be on the fall. Oh, you Thank are on the you. Fall. Well, no, you're on the real pod. Okay. okay. That's what's happening here. <laughs> That's called banter. <laughs> um, they're also uh, Discovery Australia New Zealand are going to be carbon zero within five years. That's their commitment. That's lovely. That's lovely. That's just a, a nice aside, isn't it? It is. It that's is. A, that's a different podcast, though, that, that we don't do. We don't know. We, we might, we're <laughs> we open just, to it. <laughs> we want to talk about the business and what's going to be on our screens. We do. We do. I mean, the, the final sort of thing that they, that they talked about, there was an interesting little interview that Mark Richardson did on the set of The Block with uh, Donna Gurney, who is uh, head of their sort of sales uh, operation, talking about the new ad tech they have, which I even for listeners of the fold would probably get a bit esoteric, but it does point out to the fact that 
where TV3 was always cash-strapped, could never invest in technology as a sort of a just a small, um, you know, Antipodean TV channel. It's now part of this giant mothership, which will have very sophisticated technology. And and uh, they even talked about the ability for New Zealand brands to sell and be sold into and kind of reach a mass global audience, which that'll be a bit of an edge case. But even just the fact that they can do it is a bit of a, a point of difference from TVNZ. So, you know, you just got the sense of a company that was full of energy and and was changing quite rapidly, hasn't figured it all out yet. But, you know, there is there is something going on there after a long period where they were just doing it at best, you know, like a kind of managed decline. So, uh, yeah. So crucially, though, as well as energy and passion, uh, money. Well, money. yeah, they look like they can invest in things. They look like they've got budgets. Who knows how long that lasts? I mean, yeah. It's very early, early days for Discovery as an owner, but you know the, the just the fact of being able to commission a show like Trackers, unfunded, and you know it, it, it sounds a little bit like a, a reality show from from the sort of Thirty Rock parody stable. What happens <laughs> when they catch you? I assume you get murdered. You know, like this this whole thing is is kind of a bit very bit very much TBD, but. Uh, it was it, it was a, it was a fun watch, and I think that uh, the local television equilibrium, which has basically been locked in for a long time, is uh, looks like it might change. Kia ora e tewi, te ahi Butler here, podcast manager at the Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz/donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.